welcome back to Cast Me to Hell with me, Seb. And with me, Robbie. And uh, the boys are back. The boys are back. Hashtag the bitch is back. Yeah. <laughs> Reunited and it feels so good. Yeah. Eternity leave is over. He returns. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy boy. Indeed. Daddy boy himself. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's a bit it's a bit strange. I've taken a, a bit of a, a long break. But then I guess I feel like every year, every year we've done this so far, we've had some kind of prolonged period. Where, yeah, definitely. <laughs> where I or you have had to take some kind of a break for a little while yeah, and come definitely. away. But uh, you you held up the fort. I tried. For a little while. We, <laughs> I did tried. A, we did a little bit of solo, but then you uh, you've been uh, I can't remember six episodes or something six, like that. Yeah, six solo episodes. Like we said. This, Mini. <laughs> it's the it was like the Disney Plus spin-off. Yeah. You know, before we go back to the the Cast Me to Hell's <laughs> Cast Me to Hell's Cast Me to Hell yeah. cinematic universe. We, we were almost talking about like what counts as like chronological or yeah. what actually counts as like main content in the Cast Me to Hell universe. And if this is like some darkest timeline with Robin <laughs> where I've killed you. The, yeah, the only thing missing is basically you saying about my death. Yeah. <laughs> like Romulus and Remus. Describe what you did to me yeah um <laughs> so um yeah so reunited and um the interesting thing for what we've decided this time is it kind of felt right to uh, return to our humble beginnings yeah. <laughs> so um i don't think you didn't quite realize that this was all the way back when it was no i didn't realize it was a throwback but um yeah we were actually we're returning to our in memoriam and we're returning to our first ever feature in In Memoriam, our fourth ever episode released. Yeah. I'll throw the date out. I got the 28th of September 2020. That was... <laughs> a whole life pandemic. ago. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, it's right in those COVID days, but it, that's right when it had gone from... Basically, you had two months of sun. Yeah. Where we were just like <laughs> hanging outside and loving it. And then this was when it first started to get to the darkest stage of COVID, yeah. when it was like, stay inside, but it's also freezing and horrible, so you don't even want to go in your garden or go, yeah. or you were told <laughs> to, you can go out now, but now it's freezing cold. I'm sure I remember us driving to Dan's place, where we used to record, and yeah. it was really foggy. Yeah, yeah. And it, we were going through like country lanes and stuff like that. I thought it, we were going to die yeah. on the way. <laughs> it was it was literally, it was like American Werewolf in London yeah, level of like foggy moors. <laughs> we were just like, we can't see, literally like lights in front of you, like, yeah, I can't see a goddamn thing. <laughs> I don't know if this is just my small brain, like, remembering <laughs> wrong, but I'm sure we made a joke about it being like American Werewolf in London on the way. And then when we recorded, we made a joke just like that as well. I think I think we, we may have. I feel like, to be fair, in the in memoriam uh, episode uh, that that feature, we did mention. I I think one of my characters was it from was. it, so it's probably a good chance we yeah. said tonight it was <laughs> like those dirty, misty moors. And your your brain is forgetting these elements of that, including you know the the hitchhiker we hit on the way and killed, yeah. <laughs> burying the body, <laughs> um, all those parts that came along with it. So um, yeah, so. Uh, what uh, what is the feature? We haven't actually said what no, it is. No, we haven't. Um, <laughs> and before we get into the feature, uh, I will just use this moment to remind uh, everybody to hit the subscribe button and to leave us a lovely review. This could be your first time listening, or you may have already come to the Cast Me to Hell campfire. 
If so, just hit the subscribe button and leave us a lovely review. Do you see? I've kind of like practiced yeah, that a lot more. Yeah, you've been practiced throwing that in there. <laughs> I have. I've been practicing the, um, that. Um, <laughs> that's the thing, though. When you're doing it solo, it had to be a lot more of a structured in a way than we are when we're just like throwing off each other. Like, yeah. I, like I think like you mentioned in one of the episodes, like you were doing it, I did it. I, I don't know. I don't even know how I did it. No, like, I think one of my episodes I did like forty-five minutes by you myself. Did. And it was, it, and I had to be so str- I think I remember re-recording it like five times, being like, "Now, nah, fuck." Yeah. <laughs> Which on the normal episode, it's like I would normally swear and say, "Ah, oh, fuck," and would normally just admit to flubs all the time. Yeah. But when you're doing it solo, it's you're like so much more pressure. You're like, "No, that's that, that's <laughs> terrible," because there's nothing to bounce off of. There's nowhere to pick it up. No. If you're like, if you completely fuck up, and you're like, "I have no idea what I'm about to say." It's just, it's like. <laughs> This is dead air. <laughs> well, the worst is that I, I was getting this thing, and it happens very occasionally, but where my throat was just getting really dry. Mm-hmm. So I did... So the first episode, Foreign Horror Recommendations, that I did by <laughs> myself, I recorded it. I did five, and then about halfway through, I had the most disgusting dry throat and coughing fit and it was almost like a Frank Reynolds style like <laughs> wretch and I just thought no I can't I can't put that in there and there was no way to edit around it so yeah um, amazing so um, but we've well we've done a couple of in memoriams yeah we uh, have for those who may, haven't listened to them um, or may be new listeners we did uh, we did obviously characters we didn't want to die we did scariest deaths in horrors. Yeah. And we did characters that we did want to die. So I thought we'd return to our roots with part two of characters that we didn't want to die. Yes. Because it's always fun. And I think when you're watching horror films, you there's always characters that you get endeared to. You know, the whole the genre's full of people dying in gruesome ways. But there's some characters that just get to you in different ways. Yeah, you know? the characters that, that kind of touch you either emotionally or kind of that you just, oh, you just feel so sorry for. Cause yeah. They're just the ones stuck in the middle of the horriblest predicament. Yeah. Um, I even find sometimes it's just characters that I feel like at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you didn't really need to die. Yeah. <laughs> it feels a bit pointless, your death. And therefore, I feel a little bit sorry for their character. Even if it was a character, I've even had that with characters I'm like, there's no reason actually I should feel sorry for you or dislike you, but for some reason your death just seems so pointless or out yeah. or like I don't actually. I think you didn't deserve that. You That's did not it. deserve to die. De- you didn't want them, or you didn't deserve. They didn't yeah, deserve to. They die, didn't deserve. You know? Yeah. Um, but as as the bitch is back, as the prodigal son returns, I would allow you to kick this off with your first, and I bow to you. <laughs> I kiss your feet in uh, humility. Okay, so I guess the one thing that comes with this feature is the only thing that kept popping into my head is um, <laughs> this allows for spoilers of films that maybe, possibly, one of us haven't seen, and I was like, ah, oh, no. So I had one or two choices that I decided to cut only because I feel like their death was so integral to that film and I didn't think, or I knew you hadn't seen them. I was like, I won't ruin that for you because that seems too bad. I won't ruin it for people necessarily. But um, So I avoided one or two, but there is still some that have little spoilers, but I didn't feel like the deaths were as overarchingly like terrible as that's very kind of you because I just went straight for it. Yeah, I was going to (laughs) say, most of yours are going to be like that. I knew that, but there was one or two that I was like, 
it was only ones that really I thought impact the the story. Like there are some horror films where like death if it happens is just like oh shit. And you don't want to ruin it for someone. Yeah. So it was only those ones. And I won't even say the films of what they were because I'm just going to leave it out there. Maybe next time we return to this area. Um, Okay. I'm going to go for my first one. I'm going to go for one that's a little bit more... I feel like their death wasn't... um, wasn't deserved. Like I didn't want them to die in the way that I feel like maybe that was a a bit of a pointless death. Or maybe why did that happen? Um, and mine is Dr. Susan McAllister from Deep Blue Sea. Oh, so, okay. This di- is really interesting. Because she's not the most likeable character. No, I'll admit that. So you don't want her to die. Um, so don't want her to die is kind of him. But I was kind of intrigued because it's more to do with the fact of her, her death in the story, I found, yeah. seemed pointless. Like when you're watching the original film. Um, so um, I've kind of got to hear. So... We love Deep Blue Sea. Fucking classic. <laughs> I'm not saying it's a great film, but it is one of those B movies. I'm saying them. it's a great film. <laughs> it is a shark with uh, basically the the human mind yeah. that can then attack them. It has LL Cool J, um, it, you know, and um, it has Samuel Jackson in one of the most uh, historic like deaths ever in Absolute a film. Classic. I think the thing, uh, <clears throat> the thing I got confused about. Sorry to cut him up. Yeah, no, is <laughs> when I was young. I know that because they're trying to find a cure for Alzheimer's, aren't they? By yes. researching on sharks' brains. And this part of her link with her family yeah. to link into the to character, link into the character, why she wants to do that, do it. But when I was young, I thought. So did they give the sharks Alzheimer's to cure them? Yeah, I think they. I think they treated them. I, I feel like they treated them like yeah, test ponies. So they gave them certain things. So <laughs> therefore, they what thing. they did. Yeah, I feel like so what they did to those sharks was basically <laughs> they already gave them minds that are wandering and are confused, and yeah. they're already de- almost de- like um, broken down their brains to then go. You know what? <laughs> we're we're gonna add a little bit extra and see what happens yeah. if we try to then save them from that. To an animal that is a ferocious killing machine, yeah. <laughs> you've numbed its killing skills, and now you've just increased it. Yeah, I don't quite know why ever. And um, there is an explanation in the film, but uh, to be honest, I can't actually remember that part. I think uh, uh, something to why it's a shark. It has to be like yeah. why to use a shark. You kind of figure the same time. Why not a dolphin? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like like that's a smarter animal, human brain mammal. Yeah, closer. I'm sure a shark is a type of. <laughs> Like, it's not even in the same species. You'd think you'd need to use a mammal species yeah. to get into the scientific part of it, whereas a shark is not a mammal. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, but no, it's an, it's an interesting idea. Like, there's a part of the film you don't see where basically sharks are, like, forgetting who they are, <laughs> yeah, which yeah. I feel like would probably just lead to them just killing anything yeah, around them as well. Because yeah. they're so fucking like, what are you? Have I just eaten? No. <laughs> I'll kill you then. Or is that my tail? I don't know. I'm going to tear I'm myself eating. apart anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Dr. Susan McAllister. So, um, I was, going to say, I was just going to give like a break. The film takes place in a remote underwater facility built to study genetically engineered sharks, which now just seems ridiculous in my head as well. <laughs> but they always did. That's part of the fun of the film. Um, so, um, 
The sharks get loose, of course, and go on a killing spree through the lab, causing explosions and LO cool J to get in an oven. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and they, yeah, so gradually uh, the whole place starts filling with water. It's, it's Thomas Jane, isn't it? The yeah, other Thomas actor. I was Jane. thinking of his name with a his blonde ago. hair. I just kept thinking of Punisher with John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> thinking Thomas Jane, even though I could have thought of The Mist with Thomas Jane that we talked about in the last yeah. installment. Of I, would have, I would have liked Deep Blue Sea with John Travolta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, I was going to say that is one John Travolta or Nicolas Cage seem peak 90s they, they feel like do. they would have fitted into that film actually yeah. I feel like Thomas Jane actually is the one actor in this film who I sometimes think is out of place like yeah. he almost seems uh, better than what he, he almost feels like he's trying to be the serious actor the rest of them are like no we know what this we is, know what this is. We <laughs> Samuel know what Jackson this knows what this is Samuel Jackson fucks in that film <laughs> so I'm not even sure half the time Samuel Jackson had read the script I think he just walked <laughs> on set and was yeah. like where the fuck are these goddamn <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe he has Alzheimer's and he thinks it's real <laughs> He has for his entire career. <laughs> yeah, he thinks everything's career. real. He's multiple characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, to prevent the shark from escaping the facility, Susan gets the bright idea to distract it. So, this is part of her death. So, she just gets the idea that she's going to distract it and she's going to cut her hand. So, it becomes like an end of the yeah. film kind of big scene. Big like, sacrifice. Big sacrifice. I'll sacri- sacrifice myself for it. I'll cut my hand. I'll jump in the water. And it costs her life. Um but there's a part of it in my head that I just always thought, I was like, okay, this is the shark, but the shark's been chasing you. And there's even a scene earlier in the film that implies that basically the shark will go if there's a large pool of blood, the shark's going to be distracted yeah. by that. So the distraction could have been made by literally just slicing your hand and dropping the blood into the water in a certain area to make the shark go towards yeah. it. And not so much of diving <laughs> straight in and just uh, killing herself in that same way. Or there was many of, uh, like, I know it's a quick kind of action, but I feel like there were many other options instead of... Instead of... Instead of, I'm going to cut and kill myself in that way. It it just seemed a bit pointless, considering we've been following her character pretty much the whole film. Like, her and Thomas Jane are kind of the main characters in this film. So, it seems a bit pointless. I'm not saying that she's a complete... She, at times she comes across a little bit cold yeah. so I'm not saying she's a completely lovable likeable and that's why I didn't want to start with uh, that I wanted to start with someone who's a little bit less lo- less of the lovable but I also think I didn't want her to die because I was like this just seems a bit stupid and I know that's stupid to say because I'm talking about <laughs> Deep Blue Sea and Alzheimer sharks yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, I, sorry were you going to add well, something in there? yeah I was going to say just because of my my I'm a, I'm a fan of the Deep Blue Sea franchise, mm. um, having seen both 1, 2, and 3. Actually, I haven't seen the second one, I've seen the third one, Yeah, uh, but I don't remember any of it. I was a funny I story. I have not seen past the first. <laughs> I, I was looking after, um, I was babysitting for, for Dan and Alice, shout out Rain, um, <laughs> and I was babysitting him, but because he was so young and because he was, you know, like, having to sleep yeah. I couldn't put the volume on so I had to watch it really quiet with no subtitles but I think I got the gist of Deep Blue Sea from I mean you would have heard Samuel Jackson he shouts his way no, through the, the third one. Oh, the third the one. Third Sorry, one. I the first one yeah even better um, but reading up on Deep Blue Sea Ah, she was originally it, supposed to say I was going to say, this, yeah. this was my next comment. Let's I was going to let you jump in. And now, yeah, now no, gonna go, he's going to go and steal <laughs> my, uh, my, my idea. This was what part of what interested me is the fact that I think it's a pointless death, but it's one that could have been. And if anything, that kind of includes the idea of more of, 
I kind of wanted, like, I wanted to see what kind of how it would have played out if she had survived. Because yeah. before I, I went back and revisited the, the the film, for some reason in my head I always thought she was alive. I thought it ended with her and Thomas Jane at the top of the facility, yeah. and it was both of them, but it wasn't. I I completely had blanked the fact that she's dead. Yeah, I guess she you, just assume, up. you assume the final girl, I guess yeah. in this case, is is the one that is alive. But it, it, it's Thomas Jane and Ello Cool Jane. The final girl. Who makes, the, who make the, the most beautiful final couple ever. Yeah. You know, at the end of the film. Um, but yeah, no, I forgot that. But yeah, so what you were getting towards there is, uh, yes. Yeah. Test screening of this film altered the film. So, um... The, the when they did the test screening of the film they they found that the audience had a bad reaction to yeah. her so I guess that goes against the character you'd want to do. but um, it was but it wasn't so much about her as the actress they said it was more about the fact that she's the one that created yeah. it and therefore then the expectation is whoever creates something in a horror film would normally be the yeah. one to die so I, under, I understand the concept but I guess it's because they give the emotional layer to the character yeah. that I was thinking like they give her a reason she's passionate she goes too far because of the illness that's affected her family and stuff like that Yeah, I felt there was enough of a ground there but I also felt it's just and I guess that's why the ending proves it is because they had to do a quick re-edit and a quick re-change of like, right, what's a quick way to just kill her off just without, without making it too much of a like we can't like to yeah. make it too much of a scene. So because um, like even me trying to remember, I was thinking, does she get all the way to the top and then she gets gobbled up just because she's on the you know those kind of part and like the yeah. parts that happen. I was just like trying to remember all of those parts of the film, but yeah. To me, it just seemed like a bit of a pointless loss. And I was like, I think I want to know more. That Once I found out the fact about yeah. the test screening and stuff like that, I was like, I kind of want to know what it would have been without it. Exactly. So that kind of led, that's kind of what led more to my, I want to, I wanted her to survive. Yeah. As in, I want to see that version of her survive. I want to know if it would have played out any differently originally in that because, um, I don't know, do you, do you have any more to add on to that kind of part of it? Well, I just, I just don't know whether it was reshoots. Because it because the because yeah. the end scene is a big scene to reshoot, so I don't know whether it was, you know, yeah. it was it was completely reshot. I, I think it that, was it was yeah. completely reshot. Yeah, oh, they really? did, they, yeah, I'm sure they had to go back. That's what I mean. So there's an original ending, but yeah. I've never heard of the original ending being kind of. I know that she survives in the original ending. I think she does the same thing where she goes in and distracts the. But shark, she manages. But to she come manages back to survive somehow. So I'm not sure whether they used all of the footage up until then and then just. I guess it worked, it worked for like Richard Dreyfus in yeah. Jaws, so yeah. <laughs> you know it might be that kind of like it, maybe it was the she came out thing, um, but no. Uh, so that was mine. I, not someone who's necessarily the most likable character, yeah. but there's elements that of why I wanted her to survive and why I think the story should have allowed her to survive. But then it was mainly written. Most of the story pushes for her to yeah. be alive and then she dies which makes a good it makes a good twist in the film that yeah, she's I guess dead it does. but I kind of if, if they were going to go with that I kind of wish then it had been a bit more of a shocker and less of a sacrifice because yeah. it just the groundwork is it's one part that I always felt was out of place yeah unlike Samuel Jackson <laughs> yeah. who's in your face He's, I love it I love that <laughs> so that there you go that's my number one so um, my first one I I I mean, I don't ever like order them as much, but I thought I'd follow suit with so with a character who's not exactly um, 
by the by as the film goes on they're not exactly the best person or the, they're not exactly the most sympathetic character i would say um and it is from, it's from a relatively new film so it's it's jerry from the special which is a 2020 film. I will ruin it for you on the phrase, but it's still worth watching. That's right. I, I can say yeah. I have not seen the special. So it's an absolutely fucking weird film. Uh, it's described as fatal attraction meets the blob. Uh, okay. And basically, suspecting his wife of having an affair, uh, Jerry follows the advice of his best friend and goes to a backstreet brothel where he's offered the special. Yeah. And he's told that... You could only ever have the special once. Once is enough. Once you've had the special, you're barred. So he goes, okay, I'm going to have the special. And he goes into a room where um, it's just, it's a room, it's a bed, there's a door locked. And then there is a box. There's a black box on a table with a hole in it. And it (laughs) says, stick it in here. (laughs) So Jerry thinks he's being pranked and he's like, you know going on here but eventually you know he he sticks his dick in, uh, and he has the best time of his life it's really weird it's it's this body horror film that is it's funny and it's gross but and it touches on addiction which is why i find it interesting um so it's basically you know he he sticks his dick in the box he has the best time ever and he thinks like he goes back home and he sees his his like wife who he thinks is having an affair and he has like a really cold reception with her like she doesn't really care about him and he can't stop thinking about the special <laughs> so he goes back to the brothel tries to get it again but they're like no you've had it you're never allowed to have it again um he ends up killing the woman at the <laughs> brothel madam zora i think her name is um, which is a bit of a dick move, I will admit. Just to get, just because, just he to need, get the special. He needs that. He needs he special. Dick sucked by the box. Needs a dick sucked <laughs> by the box. Um, <laughs> so he takes this box uh, and he basically goes to a hotel room, and it's it's a very it's a weird film because like <laughs> as he's looking at this box, he finds out like there's no way to open it. But he puts his hand in, and there's like this goo in there. He whacks off with the goo. <laughs> <laughs> he uses it as lube. It's like it's a really weird <laughs> film. But basically, as it goes on, like, you know, he starts to neglect everything in his life. Like, he leaves his family home and he goes to this motel. He abandons his best friend. He gets fired. He just lives in this inn for the special. So just, the, the addiction takes The addiction over, takes yeah, over, yeah. throws everything away. And he just uses the special over and over. Literally, until it's like... You until know. he dies. <laughs> no, well, I'll tell you. Um, and eventually, the special stops working. Ah. <laughs> and he starts to break out in these like horrid rashes and boils. And he's going through this horrid withdrawal. Yeah. Uh, so he thinks, well, the only people who know about the special is the brothel. So he goes back to the brothel. And the bouncer's there. And the bouncer says to him, like, you're the one who killed Madame Zora... Uh, we're not calling the police, like, we can't do that because of this. And he says, we'll get you fixed, don't worry, come with us. And he goes into another room, and he's sat in the room for a while. Um, and in in the film, maybe, like, half an hour, an hour passes, and he's like, nobody's coming. So he goes to try and open the door, and he's trying to open the door, and the door is locked. And then eventually, the boils and the bubbles start to get worse and worse. And he collapses onto the bed and his body starts to melt and it starts to drip away and it starts to like, his hair falls out, his teeth fall out and effectively what happens to him 
is he just starts to morph and rot away into this little kind of amorphous pink blob. And when he's like that, the bouncer then comes in with another box with a hole in it and puts the blob inside of it, puts Jerry inside. <laughs> and it's just, it, it's so grim. And I know, yeah, I mean, it's not technically a death, so I'd get it out of the way, but I think I'd rather <laughs> die than be turned into the special. And it's, it's, it's one of these films where I think, like, not only is it grim to watch, Kind of funny at the same time, because it's a film about a dude sticking his dick in a box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's got that humour to it. But I think because I, you know, I, I, have never, I don't think I've ever said about what I do in, the, in you know, on the, uh, on the podcast, but I do work in addiction. So I yeah. think knowing that and knowing what people go through, and mm. kind of having sympathy for addicts and stuff like that, it was just really horrid. Yeah. Like I watched it and I thought, no, it's a brutal... Um, transformation. So I was gonna say <laughs> it's brutal. I could like I, had, I haven't seen it, but you can even from the description of the boy, I can imagine knowing body horror. I can imagine the kind of ways it goes. <laughs> yeah, it's gross and it, it's good because you can tell it's like a it's a relatively low budget film. It's not massive. Um, it's like an in, it's a relatively independent film. I've, I've the I follow the the director on Twitter. I think it's I think he's Harrison B Smith. Um, I spoke to him a couple of times he's a cool guy um, but they've put so much into the transformation yeah. that you watch it and it's like oh fucking hell this is grim <laughs> and then as soon as you as soon as he starts to transform you're thinking okay what's going on here and then it clicks just before the bouncer walks in and you're like oh fuck I think he's becoming the special <laughs> and it's just it's a great film I'd recommend it but I think because I have that sympathy for people yeah. You know, it's like, I don't think they deserve that. I, I like the, the analogy that it's about, you know, what addiction will do to people and stuff like that, but it's just fucking grim, man. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my first one. Very, yeah, I like it. I will have to check out the special. It sounds good. <laughs> yeah. It sounds good in the worst way, but I, li- I, like, uh, I like my body horror. I like my David Cronenberg and yeah. uh, some disgusting visuals <laughs> yeah. that come with it. My other two you've seen, so... There will okay. be more conversation about <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so um, my next one um, is from a 2020 film. Ooh, and 2020, uh, links back to uh, what we were saying before about COVID and all of that kind of part of how we were stuck inside and things like that. Yeah. And it's from Host. Oh, okay, this is cool. And it's, uh, yeah, so, um, so I, meant, uh, I don't think I've mentioned it in the episode, I don't know if I have episode in the podcast. I mean, I don't know if I've mentioned it in the podcast, but yeah, I'd never seen this film. I knew quite a lot of people who'd like seen it and yeah, said it something about it, um, and it was obviously highly raved, and it has like a ninety nine percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes, so it is quite rave. But I'd never really got around to watching it because I'm not really a like supernatural kind of thing. Yeah. Didn't think it would interest me. Um, and then at like two o'clock in the morning, <laughs> in the middle of like one night when we were kind of waiting for Eliza to come as about what it, like if it was then I kind of um, kind of thing um, or no with Eli- once Eliza had been born sorry it was yeah um, I remember you, you messaged I was staying up late I was staying up late at night with her like kind of and she'd uh, fallen asleep and I was watching and um, I I put the film on and it was literally like two. Um, 2am and I think that, that was the best conditions to watch <laughs> yeah. it because it was pitch black it was 
just dark. I live on like a street, so you always hear people coming by. So there's always bumps and noises nice. going about. Um, and obviously, the film is it's lean. It's fifty five minutes, something like that, around I, that yeah, kind of time. Yeah, I, I think it's it's the length of a um, exactly zoom how, how long you like had forty five minutes, time or something, something like that. that. It's a very lean film, and it paces itself well. Yeah, it, it paces really well. So the characters. Um, are Caroline and Emily. So I've put two characters here. Okay. Because I feel like Caroline and Emily are the only likable, really likable characters in the yeah. film in a lot of ways. So you've got um, Gemma and Haley, who would almost be the main character. Gemma, like, um, uh, Haley is the main character. Yeah. So Haley is the one that sets up all of the, yeah. you know, sets up all the thing. And Gemma's the really snarky one that almost is the one that causes the problem in I a lot of Gemma ways. I remember Gemma being um, snarky. You know, and and then you've got other one, you've got other, you've got other uh, others there, but there's a, quite a lot of a kind of a bitchy nature at times yeah. about them. They make a lot of jokes about each other, um, and then you've got the asshole Teddy, who's their only male kind of friend who comes in and out of it, and even they're all pissed off at him because yeah. he's basically just it was meant to be them all to get together. He went into it, and then he kind of disappears the second his girlfriend appears. He's like. Oh, fuck like yeah. just goes off um, and, and you know he's a bit of a dick but um, I feel like Emily and Caroline Caroline is the one who's really constantly scared by this Yeah, um, she's terrified like you can see she's kind of proper creeped out by it um, Emily is a little bit more she's the blonde a little bit more kind of like she's into it Yeah, she's having fun but she's not she doesn't so much go into kind of a bit of the, the catty bitchiness that happens between like Hayley and Gemma a lot in the film Yeah, um, some of the others kind of join in but she's like kind of just the she's kind of just the silent one just kind of come along for the ride kind of thing in the yeah. background um, and obviously with the film as the film starts to progress and they go into their seance and they do it online and uh, Gemma completely fucks it up for them by basically lying about a friend who died and uh, that link and the woman running it kind of says you can't fuck with the rules like that yeah by creating something you've let in some other entity that is not that yeah um and then we start to get more and more creepy things that happen and bumps like that and i'm pretty sure is the the really creepy like as it really started to like go off I'm pretty sure when I was sitting in the room, that's the second my dog Mia decided I'm going to burst through the door. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, just start swinging like, on her. I don't, like, I'm not normally like a big jumper, <laughs> but that made me shit myself. I was like, fuck, because I was properly invested. Um, and, yeah, so one by one, they, they, they like, certain, one, certain characters get to start to, you see them, like, disappear, or you see one get smashed against the ceiling and dragged off down the hall. Yeah. Um, and one by one they start to go, but Caroline's is probably my favourite death in the film, but I feel really sorry for it because by this point she is terrified, and she's made she's the one that's made the video clip on the loop where she's um, so basically she's made it while they're waiting for her she's made a clip of herself where they basically they think she's in the room at first but then it was oh she's made a video loop where she'll keep walking in brushing her hair and coming back out. I very so, vaguely. So basically, they do that, and Caroline is on there, and you see her kind of creeped out. You hear noises behind her, and she walks off into the room, and you hear a bang, and they're like, "What the fuck's going on?" And then they, and then you see her walk back into the room, but it's her on the loop oh, going okay. around. So, yeah. so you're kind of like tripped from it, and you just see that keep playing in the background, and you you see it before the 
part of the clever thing is that you see a lot of things before the other characters. Like, so you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's you're a clever film. Yeah, um, that kind of loop, um, and obviously it works so well, but it's because it's lean. If they'd had an extra half an hour, it probably would have fallen apart. Yeah, um, as a lot of them. That's that's kind of my problem with a lot of supernaturals. I feel like they push to the point when it's like now you've kind of got to start explaining things because you've gone on for this long. And yeah. then when they start explaining, it tends to be when it loses me because it's like. Okay, you haven't really fought this idea through all the mythology, right? <laughs> like yeah. you haven't always clearly fought this through. So the scary part is the bumps and stuff. But there's only so long you can keep doing bumps and it being scary. Oh, After yeah. a while, it starts to be like you need it's to like paranormal, a lot of paranormal activity. The first one like kind of worked, but then as it went on, the more of them is just like okay, so there's pans I can hear pans <laughs> yeah <laughs> I can hear a door or I can hear a light flashing but it, that like yeah a lot of it didn't work in that it's way it's very rare they get a good one the one that stands out to me the most is in the um in the one it feels like it was almost an advert for the Xbox Connect but where you see where the uh, motion sensors from the Xbox Connect is kind of putting the green dots everywhere oh, a kid right, stood yeah, in yeah. front of it and then you see like the shape of somebody coming out. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It has like that like franchise friends as like the peak one. I'd say of that kind of supernatural bump in the night. Yeah. Kind of, um, that one it has some really terrifying scenes, but the problem is the films don't work as a whole because That's they try it, to yeah. drag it out across yeah. it, or they try to create some kind of story around it, and it just does. And this one keeps it simple, and also at the time it felt very relevant but I still think it it, work, it still works right now yeah. but anyway Caroline's uh, death so I feel like you already feel sorry but she's already kind of crying and terrified and this has already worked her up she's hearing noises and then you see, keeps in the loop and it goes on for a while and they kind of like oh I guess she's just gone off for a bit okay so they're yeah. dealing with the other shit that's going on around them and then suddenly it just you just you see something like a flash on the screen like okay okay and then they start paying attention to it and then you just suddenly see like you see her kind of face like and she's like kind of what the fuck's going on and then her face just gets slammed down several times against yes, the table and you now. just see the blood across her face and you see a screen and like there's even the bit I think where you see a kind of choke on the blood yeah. From, Thing. and like that, that's the thing she seemed like a completely like nice and innocent character and then you just see her get bashed off away and, and again it just seemed like all of this has been caused because of the bitchiness between he- like Haley wants it to go well wants to do this so badly so she's brought them all here that she, yeah. she's kind of more interested in that than spending time with her friends for whatever reason we never really get the extra yeah. context of that and Gem is just there to just basically be the snarky bitch about it the whole time <laughs> um, you know um, so her death is really... And then Emily's death, who's kind of made it... She's kind of been the bystander, bystander to half of this. She's kind of been there the whole time. She makes it right near the end of the film. Yeah. Um, until you see her kind of um, in her bedroom. And by this point, she's uh, she's the one alone. Yeah. At one point, she's completely there. And she's just like on the screen. And she's like in tears. And she's crying. And she's surrounded. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, out of all of them, I think she was the one that I most was like... You kind of hope you get out. Yeah. Uh, and um, she's really like horror, and she she turns the light back on, and you just see her get lifted up by a leg and dragged back. Yeah. The hole. But then she manages to come back into the room, and then pretty much the last thing you see as it goes back onto like, because obviously at the end you've got like Gemma actually breaks COVID rules or whatever, <laughs> goes, over to, goes over to Haley's house to check on her. So Shoot again, her you do get this kind of bond at the end between them that does make up for it so I'm not going to like I don't want to box Haley and Gemma into that complete box yeah. of being completely unlikable that's not the case like it, there are extra factors here but 
you can't you just see Emma's one there where she's kind of like Gemma's gone to her, but obviously you know that they're all over the country. But Emma's, um, did I just mix up her name? Gemma, oh, uh, Emily. Um, I feel like I've said the wrong name. I've changed her name. Anyway, whatever. Uh, she is, but she's just there, left all her by herself. Yeah. Like she's seen Teddy. I think as Bert and stuff like like get this proper like that one's a bit more dramatic and over the top where you see the guy get like dragged through a field, farm field, and then gets like burned and stuff yeah. like. Um, but hers, she's just like all alone. She's stuck there. She's trying to fight it. She's trying to get away. She thinks everything's okay, and then you just see. You just see her basically get smashed out for a window, and you see yeah. her smash into a bench, and you're just basically left with the image of like her legs in the air. That would be dead. fucking brutal. Yeah, it, it felt like, and you kind of hear, you hear a breakthrough, but I feel like there's an extra sound effect added to add a kind of snap kind of thing. Yeah, and it's just like oh, shit. Like you, you feel like they got into this for like just kind of enjoy enjoyment reasons, and this is like this but the two that are left at the end which you, you probably feel like they're definitely probably dead by the end it's kind of left yeah us. but you're just thinking to yourself ah, the, the other ones were pretty much just bystanders for your idea yeah definitely or bystanders for one of you fucking up and bringing a dark entity in yeah. this world you're literally you haven't done them. anything yeah it's not saying that most horror films several characters haven't done anything but I guess it was nice that these felt these felt like quite real people with yeah, what no, made it work as well. Like it didn't feel like they'd made characters. They'd kind of just let the actors be themselves almost kind of. Yeah. Thing. So you felt a little bit more emotionally connected. Yeah, they were good And characters. therefore you were like, ah, oh, oh, okay. Like <laughs> I'm not saying like I wasn't expecting this, but I feel I I felt truly sorry for those two characters have combined for the one film. <laughs> no, I will I Caesar will allow it. It was yeah. uh, it was a good film. I I liked it. I um it all it, I, there was those kind of films. I always find really hit and miss. Oh yeah. And for some reason, there's one called Unfriended, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, and I, it was, I haven't seen. I haven't seen that one, but I I heard it looked like it was a similar kind of thing. It's <laughs> similar. It was online. And yeah. It was. It was. It was before. Um. But it was a. It was a good film. I enjoyed it, and it had a sequel which I enjoyed as well. But I think there's something about it which just works in a different format but i think with i think host was just long enough that it worked i think if you tried to make a two-hour movie out of it yeah it, it really struggled it you know? stayed before it, it outlived its welcome yeah left thing. before yeah. um you know kind of got out of there yeah, stayed before it, it outlived, stayed its, welcome. outlived its welcome. it kept staying <laughs> it, just kept it staying. won't leave me alone <laughs> it's still running to this day yeah um yeah and then oh, like yeah it, it, it did work and obviously it's got that little kind of zoom kind of, you know, yeah. these to it. But luckily that it doesn't feel too overplayed. And it actually, weirdly, the zoom part adds slight little humour at parts to it. Yeah. Like the fact that it says your chat has come to an end and it, it cuts them That's off. That's really the end. cool. You know, it, it, the way that it's been properly formatted does just kind of give you little like, oh, okay, yeah, you know, little parts to it. Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's go to your number two. Well, I thought I would follow on with... Um with sympathetic characters so i went for lorna from hostel 2 okay 2007 um so hostel 2 follows on from the first hostel but in this time it kind of brings up the the pay for torture fun and we see three women going to a spa weekend in slovakia or slovak or whatever they call it i I think it's like (laughs) a non-fictional country because Slovakia, or the people of Slovakia got really pissed off. So (laughs) I think they do like it's a non country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Because Eli Roth kind of 
no one wants to come anywhere near these countries or like basically everyone thinks that Amsterdam and places like that and how we're just going to kill them <laughs> yeah it's pretty funny um, and we even get a look from the American men who kind of buy them um, but Lorna is play- played amazingly by the classic Heather Matarazzo um, oh yeah who's I think she's she's such a good actor but there's something about her that when she's playing a character yeah, you you she portrays characters so well. Like if she's supposed to be, like a like she is with Lorna, she's supposed to be a sympathetic character. Then you, she really elicits sympathy. I'm if trying to make sure I'm thinking annoying. of the right person. Yeah, double check um, because I'm sure you will be. Uh, she was also she was Randy's sister. That's yeah. who I thought it was. You know, yeah, yeah. she has I was thinking that yeah, yeah, endearing quality to her. Um, yeah, and Lorna and Lorna's this. You know, she's shy. She's quiet. She's not like an it girl. Compared to the other two girls that she hangs around with and the model that takes them to Slovakia or Slovak, we'll call it. Um, she's not, you know... I was going like, to say, not to, not to type Catherine and Sir, but she's definitely the kind of... that the, you would be thinking in the kind of... She's being played down as the more like... The, like you're, you're, the, you're the best friend. You're, yeah, you're like, the best she, friend. She's kind of been... She had you're that the nerdy quite a lot. Girl, yeah, like, she was yeah. that. She was... I think she was in... Princess Diaries with Anne Hathaway, but she's the one that doesn't get the makeover. Yeah, she's the one that doesn't get the makeover. <laughs> she doesn't you know? become the princess. Yeah, anymore, it's yeah. like some people just settle for being paupers. <laughs> Sorry, Heather. Um, but it's, it's there's something about her. She's such a sympathetic character. Yeah. Um, and you know they they go over to Slovak for this spa weekend, and there's this local harvest festival, and Lorna thinks that she finds romance in the arms of Roman. A massive Slovak lad who's got really long blonde hair, wears like a Matrix style like leather jacket, like a duster, <laughs> but it doesn't look good, um, and just wears all black. Doesn't say anything, and it's just really quiet. So it's kind of like I don't know about this. And then she goes off on a boat ride, and her friends are like, "Wait, you don't know him? Be careful!" Um, and when they get on shore, he just puts a like a bag over her head and takes her away. Um, she then awakens tied upside down and she's hanging above an empty stone bath. <laughs> As a woman comes in and lies in the bath, it's, it's mental because we see her hanging and then we see these candles being lit and stuff and then this woman yeah. derobes and comes in. I was going to say, I, I can remember it just being completely phased by it. Now I watched this quite a long time ago. I haven't yeah. watched hostile films in a very long time. Oh, really? But this one's stuck I, In it. fact, I think I've only seen the first and the second. I don't think I've seen... Isn't there one in Las Vegas? Yeah. There is one in Vegas. I've seen it, it twice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Sometimes I'm just like... It's, it's good. I like Hostel. I think it's like a good... like premise for a film um, it's it's a good premise i mean because the original hostel i mean it's almost based on reality because yeah. there's a lot of real things that happen like that yeah i was right? gonna say there's a lot of shit like that and including amsterdam where yeah. you hear that this stuff has happened yeah there's all sorts of weird shit <laughs> you know there's all kinds of dirty sex dungeons sex dungeons <laughs> and uh, people who want or people who want torture well, I, be- I remember somebody telling me you can you could go i think it was in thailand maybe and for like a certain amount of bat I think they use over there. You you can kill like a cow with a rocket launcher, which is fucking insane. <laughs> like 
Just being like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna blow a fucking cow up. I mean, yeah, I can definitely imagine it. Like <laughs> China, Thailand, <laughs> that they'll pretty much be like, what do you want to do? Yeah. How much money do you? How have? much money? Okay, do you you want to kill a man? Ultra capitalism, you know, <laughs> and it's insane. So, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, I can totally, yeah, yeah, I like. So I it, think it's scary. Yeah, <laughs> and I think the film has a good message in that, you know, yeah. um, but. Lorna's tied up above this woman who then uses a scythe to kind of slice up Lorna's back and torso and the blood's dripping on her and she's bathing. And then she slits her... I mean, she takes the the gag out of Lorna's mouth and she's like, you know, uh, she's begging for her life and stuff like that. It's it's shit. And then she slits her throat and just bathes in the blood. Um, It's Not only is it like a really graphic scene that kind of revels in the gore, the violence, you know, yeah, and in yeah. the violence. But it also has that torture of somebody who is so innocent, who was like, oh, you know, I'm going here, I'm going on holiday, oh, I've found love. Like, yeah. people don't usually pay me attention. It, Romans it, pay me attention. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> it, it, it's that angle of, and, and what makes it slight, like, what makes it worse than the characters in the original first one. Yeah. Because in that one, it, there is kind of like a, a boys' holiday. Uh, we're looking for. We're kind of looking for sex. And we're kind of looking for maybe some strippers or prostitutes. You know. Yeah. There's a little bit of that angle, angle like in the original one, whereas this one is much more people that are you know sex trafficking and yeah, in that kind of way it. that they've kind of been taken in and they've been forced into this situation, which just makes it darker straight away. Yeah. But necessarily, the guys that have kind of got themselves into a stupid position. And it's that, like the first hostel. I, I was actually thinking of putting Paxton on the list. He yeah. was originally who I had. I've seen him on a lot of like lists. Or yeah, kind of thing, because it was the the first film did have boisterous Americans in Europe, you know, yeah. causing a fuss, not fighting, but just being boisterous and being American. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry to our American listeners, <laughs> <laughs> but they were, you know, these like college students, and they're off on an adventure, and then. They're just trying to like fuck and drink around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, th- and it's not that they like deserve to die, but it's that no. thing of like, you, you know, you're you're like putting yourself in these risky situations. But this, and I, the reason why I was going to put Paxton on is I thought because he has such a good arc of surviving. You know, yeah, he yeah. goes through all of this, and you think he escapes. And then one of the things I was thinking of having a couple of characters, and and my last character is somebody who you think survives, um, because this, I I I think that these characters have these either redemption arcs or where they survive something so horrid, and you're like they should be just allowed to live, and we wonder what's going on with them. And then when they kill Paxton in the opening, I'm like I I get it, but I'm kind of like you can't escape this thing. But I kind of think just let the man live, you know. He don't yeah, need to chainsaw yeah. his head off. Um, <laughs> but what with Lorna, she's just so innocent, and you, you know, going into the film that this thing's gonna be brutal. Yeah. And you know that when she goes with Roman, he's he doesn't look exactly a friendly guy, or he looks exactly <laughs> hunky. So you know, I like... you were going to say look particularly hunky. He probably is, you know. I don't know. I'm not going to... Let me just get up avid Slavic penis sizes just, just, just so we can double check. Um, but you just know. It's like watching somebody do something that's going to hurt them yeah. and be like, please don't do that, you know? And it's it's kind of a heartbreaking 
and I think because it's it's prolonged, you know. Yeah. There's something about um, it's a character worse. dying quick, you know. Well, if if it's a character that seems innocent, yeah, and that kind of, and I guess this is part of one of this, a lot of this list, and possibly maybe a little bit more of like the first time we did, but that like it was kind of that like that emotional element of like, oh god, you really don't deserve this at all. You do not deserve to die. I don't want you to die like that because you're not a character deserving of such a horrible death. No, and yeah, that's kind of what we've got with uh, Lorna. So. I mean, before we move on to our final ones, um, I will yet again uh, remind <laughs> the people listening, whether it's your first time, whether you're a long-term listener, if you could remember to hit the subscribe button and please leave us a lovely review. It really does help the show grow. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, uh, as we've been mentioning throughout, again, we mentioned at the start, go back and listen to the first yeah, one. Go back and check out all the in memoriam yeah, so go far. Check them. I mean, also, there is no social media lounge today. Uh, because I forgot to put it up on our Twitter. But you can find us on, on social media, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Right. Just make sure if you're out there, to share us our comments afterwards. Tell yes. us all of Come the films, all of the characters that we forgot about that deserve life. Yeah. That deserve to be there. And for the last one, Epos, give me your last one. So, for my finale, the big the grand, grand finale. finale. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, there was legitimately and this is this is not my option but there was legitimately a part of me that wanted to say Michael Myers in Halloween <laughs> yeah because I, I felt like that wasn't the way I wanted him to go you can't massacre my boy <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah no I get it I get it <laughs> I started with thinking about Karen in Halloween Kills and then, then she's not my choice but and then I started thinking uh, you know, kind of Michael Myers and Halloween <laughs> I kind of wish. <laughs> well, I'm dead from me I kind in the of trash, want that to play out differently. I get, uh, then I was thinking about Deep Blue Sea and thinking, where was the test screening for that one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they didn't do one. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so I've, I had a range of choices, and, and to be fair, there were a few uh, that I've left, I've left here, and there were a few that I've got a bit more left, and one that I went a bit more classic. However, I when I looked back at the original uh, episode that we did, yeah, I was kind of building on some of the links that were in there. So I've decided to lean in onto the links of what our original episode because uh, there was a part of our original episode. We we when we first started, we used to kind of start with little bits of news or okay. updates or things that have kind yeah. of updated. So there's a part at the beginning that I've completely forgot we did for like <laughs> I think the first few episodes, and then we yeah. went. This doesn't make any sense because if someone's listening to it like two years from now, they're going to be like, okay, that's great. You've given me news about a horror film that was released like, you know, 10 years ago. When we're both dead. <laughs> yeah, when this is like bouncing through space and aliens pick it up. <laughs> but, um, but going back to the beginning of all of okay, this. Okay, the origins. And things like that and, and our first horror memories and how that kind of went and our our second one and what's coming up as the plug okay. in our next episode, which yeah. will be our review of Scream 6. Yeah. I've decided to go for Scream 5. Okay. The obvious choice in Scream 5. Yeah. Which is 
the Dewey, Dewey Riley. Riley. Yeah. I've decided to go in for that one. I was not going to do it until I listened back to the episode. I put him on my list and I was like, I won't do that one. Yeah. I was like, it's too soon. But I just decided after listening back to the episode and going, there's literally a bit at the start of that. And again, go check it out. Episode four, um, where we literally talk about the predictions and okay. predictions that had come up for Scream 5. And yeah. I was like, this is really interesting. Now you've seen the film to hear all of these predictions about characters and stuff. And obviously our second ever episode was Scream, Scream 5, 5 predictions. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is, which is interesting as to how those kind of played out in yeah. that way. But there are two layers to the Dewey one because Dewey is both a character that I don't want to die and basically was scared in every single screen that, he'd die. <laughs> that he was going to die. Uh, and even more so with any of the characters, when it was Scream 4 and it was uh, Courtney, you know, Gale and the top in the barn and you're thinking, are they actually going to do it? Yeah. Are they going to offer kind of thing? Or even in the bonkers finale of Scream 4 when you're like that and you're like, are they going to finally kill off it? a character? Yeah. I always remember the quote from Quentin Tarantino saying the only, the note he gave to Wes Craven when he left was, you should have killed everyone. Yeah. You should have just done it. You should have just left it as the final one and just yeah. balls them <laughs> all up. But I was like, fair enough. Um, but it still was a fear in me having such a love for the franchise. So, um, yes. So Dewey Riley's death in the hospital when yeah. he gets caught out by the killer and he gets... A knife in the front, a knife in the back. After he gets jumped, he walks up with the gun. He's ready for the shot in the head. But then he gets a phone call which distracts him, which then allows the killer to be able to get the jump on him. And basically, it's not that the death isn't a quite spectacular death. It's a a violent and fairly longed out where you've got him slowly getting gutted from both sides as his guts are falling upon the floor. It's, it's probably more violent than I even expected them to actually go for. Yeah. For a legacy character, because you feel like they're always going to go a little bit a little more... safe. A little bit more safer with it. So I applaud them for the fact that they kind of went for the death. The death is a cool death for Ghostface with the two blades and the stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but as I've already mentioned, as being a long-term character, I really didn't want him to die no of course not and you know and you know we're going to be watching we're going to be doing a double bill we're going to be seeing Scream 5 followed by Scream 6 so revisiting that on the big screens kind of will be interesting to be based on the feelings we both had of mixed kind of feelings like last time for the uh, for Scream 5 Um, but yeah the, there's just a part in the pro- that's the problem with watching some of the, the time and feeling a little bit off about it and then letting yourself develop in the fact that there's one way that I emotionally didn't want the character to die yeah and then there's the case of I didn't want the character to die with such gaping that feels like there's a gaping plot hole yeah. <laughs> to it happening <laughs> and you know the the fact that he dies like the fact that he dies in that way but the thing that makes it worse is when you find out who killed him. Yeah. And it makes it worse because it's kind of a forgettable ghost face. A kind of crazy-ass ghost face, but one that you don't actually believe could have done that as a yeah. Um And the fact that you feel like they kind of do a disservice. Because one thing that Scream 5 does really well for Dewey is actually it gives him a really nice arc. Yeah. He gets a nice kind of extra... He gets to be a bit of the gruff kind of older one, which I, I think David O'Kett himself has said he really... He really enjoyed doing yeah. that kind of part of it. 
but the part he really didn't enjoy and the part again where they massacred my boy yeah, they did. Um, was the part where I don't think David Lucar really wanted to die when this was first released they said that everyone's contract but I think he signed up before he saw the full script ah fair enough so he didn't know so he basically went on record afterwards saying that he's he basically as soon as he'd filmed his final scene he kind of just went on a road trip for like a month because yeah. he was kind of broken <laughs> I'm not surprised I'm like, I mean Dewey's banging yeah. should, I don't know it should have been it should have been Gale I'm saying it. I, I feel like it should be. I feel like Gail, and I, I actually believe even Courtney Cox felt it should have been Gail because Courtney Cox even said like she tried to tell them the um, I can't remember what they're Matt Burley and the whatever the other one's called. I can't yeah. remember uh, their two name um, two names. <laughs> but um, she went. She even said to the directors, "Do you not think you should maybe record multiple?" versions of yeah, this just, in, just case. in case you want to give the chance again for Dewey to be alive and they kind of said no we we it needs to be and I understand why in this reboot which is meant to introduce new characters a legacy character had to die and I yeah, agree with we that knew one was we going need to. it it's the one thing in Screen 5 that definitely points out as being a bit different that they've they've finally done something like that um, and I understand why in some ways for people Dewey would be the more obvious choice in some ways but I also feel like Dewey, especially going forward, Dewey was the character who would always put himself into these situations by choice. Yeah. He'd go to help people that he was connected with and stuff like that. I feel like you could have done more with Dewey in the future, whereas I feel like Gale's only there to be the reporter character. And even possibly even I know people didn't want Sydney to die, but I feel like there's cases for Gale and Sydney being more purposeful deaths than actually purposeful, that's it, yeah. Yeah. Like and I and there's a part of me, I guess, with Screenfly looking back at it that makes me kind of wonder of they kind of just wanted to have the two women be the ones that kick an ass at the end kind of thing. And it works re- it works nicely. I like the bit with Gail and um, yeah. Sydney at the end. Uh, but I also feel like it was, you know, they, they had to give Sydney a reason to come back. And I get that. You know, she had to have a reason to return. Yeah. So right. there's lots of reasons why I understand why they did it. Um, and and we talked, and if you go back and revisit our Scream 5 episode, yeah. you will find that we mentioned certain things, and I, I do believe that the Richie character should have been revealed to be the killer earlier on, to, yeah. to then almost be like, you don't realise what a shitty situation you're in. I know it would have given it away, but I felt like it was pretty obvious, and sadly the trailers and stuff made it pretty obvious that Dewey was going to die, and it kind of didn't divert yeah. that expectation, which is also another thing that kind of ruins it for me, is the fact that I went in, saw the trailer, and went, they must be diverting our expectations, but I feel like they're not. I feel like this yeah, is this obvious is that Dewey's going to die, and then he died. And it was kind of like, I still don't want it to happen. I was still, I guess, shocked that they'd actually done it, yeah. finally. But it felt a little bit like, mm, I wish you'd... Uh, I kind of wish you hadn't have given yeah, it away so easily. And I wish you, even if you were going to kill him, and I can accept that in some ways, but I kind of wish you'd made sure it was ironclad, like tight. Like yeah. a tight death that I couldn't pick holes in, but I could pick a lot of holes as to like why he kind of went. Yeah, no, um, I agree. And again, you know, we've got a similar thing with lots of people about Gale and the, the new one and things. Yeah. like Yeah, and there are hints in that trailer as well about Gale, and you're just like, but I don't know. It feels like yeah, you know, it, it, that would feel a very odd. Star Warsy sequels yeah. thing to do to be like ah we're just gonna off one in every single film Gale Force Ghost um, fights uh, the new Ghostface 
you know, and that and kind of thing, dies. and you know, and not anything against the new one because I, I, I'm, I'm kind of actually liking what I'm seeing of the new one, except for Gale does seem to stand out like a sore thumb now that Sydney's not in it. Yeah, and I'm completely for actually the new cast just having their chance to just be themselves in their own film and just actually stand out. There's only so long you can have legacy characters just surrounding yeah, someone. There is. It kind of feels like just let it have its own thing, you know, let it breathe for itself. Yeah. And um, I said it. I don't know. I haven't. I don't. I haven't said it on the podcast, but I've said it to you, and I'm going to say it now. I will. I will repeat this point during our Scream Six uh, review because I. I think it's worth it. So obviously, um, uh, Sydney isn't coming back. Neve Campbell's not coming back. Yeah. And I. You know, I think that this is strangely worked in the favor of the new producers and the franchise going forward because I mean Jenna Ortega had a massive last year you know she, oh, yeah, she did yeah. Scream she did X she did Wednesday and there was something else that she did which was big so she's all which was a yeah. horror film so she was in four big horror hits yeah. you know so I've had a lot of people are loving her. I'm I'm a I go on TikTok and there's always Jenna Ortega edits for some yeah, reason, you know. She's so everywhere. She's and everywhere. She has been she has been pushed right up there. Yeah, she like, has. Like even though Melissa Barrera technically is on the poster, she's still larger. Yeah. Uh it, there's even been store there's even been summary posts about Scream Six which have put Jenna Ortega is the main point in yeah. it, and even implying that she's the new final girl. And there's even one thinking. that said she. There is one that literally said the new, the final girl, and it said Jenna Ortega's character, not, not, <laughs> not Sam. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, see, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that was what they went for. You know, yeah. to keep her as the new face of the franchise or the the face of the reboot. You yeah. know, a new. The, I mean that that girl. that one that one I gotta be honest just didn't quite make total. Uh, because it seemed to be like pointing out a lot of things. It was saying like a, how many ghost faces. I'm not going to yeah. say, but it's saying like it even pointed out to how many ghost faces they're going to have to, and it gave away certain things. So like even though it seemed from an official source, it seemed a bit seemed like a bit why sucks. are you giving so much away? Like yeah. this is a lot to give away. Um, that there's a like there is apparently a mental health part of it with General Ortega's character that's now played out in that, and it sounds like basically they've given away for more ghosts. From the past to appear, <laughs> I don't which know is if that's true or not, because we've already had a ghost of we, Billy Loomis. Well, we had a ghost of Billy Loomis that I don't know how Sam knows what Billy Loomis looks like. Yes, yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> she's basically it, like there are so many people that point out like it should have been Luke Wilson. It should have been Luke Wilson. Yeah, it should have been Luke Wilson. Yeah, because that's who she's actually seen. But it's basically it's like <laughs> she watched Wilson. Stab and she's put. The clothes that he was in on that night in Stab, with yeah. Luke, but she's removed Luke Wilson's face. <laughs> <laughs> and she's put on a picture of her dad's face. And maybe that's why her dad's face looks like maybe, yeah. a little bit oddly not quite right, because obviously he's about 20, 25 <laughs> years older. But, it should have um, been Bobby from uh, Scary Movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of odd things about yeah. that. But anyway, we've, well, we've, we've, we've delved into kind of Scream yeah, 6 territory. Yeah, we will return. And uh, yeah. if you want to hear more of our comments, come back, uh, come back next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, with that, I will move on to my my last one, which is Jeff from uh, Saw 3 and 4 from 2006. Now, okay. yeah. this is what I actually think is probably the last good Saw film. Um <laughs> And I, 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 we see, I mean, there's, 
there's three stories going on. There's um, there's trying to keep Jigsaw alive. There's trying to find out, you know, the the agents trying to find out what's going on, and then there's Jeff working through. Uh, working through this trial of bereavement and moving on you know yeah, yeah. and it's about yeah it's about moving on and redemption for those that were involved in the criminal proceedings of the, the death of his son yeah so he has to deal with people who are involved like a witness who wouldn't uh, testify the judge who gave a lenient sentence and then the young lad who was driving the van and killed his son and was remorseful for it mm. um so it's Probably the only time as well since the original, I think that we that Saw tells a real genuine story, because I think there's the emotional themes of Jeff's story are really interesting. Yeah. The idea of this father who's out for vengeance, he's out for blood, he can't move on, and he's he has to save the lives of the people who he feels have done him wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that it, real emotional turmoil. It's it's when it's. It's sort of still trying to really lead trying into to do that. something, yeah. yeah. Trying to actually give your characters some kind of development outside of just being a dirty cop who's a doing dirty so cop, wrong, yeah. or or just being a character who just did random bad thing. We don't care because we're going to kill yeah. you in a minute. And I feel like they do this in the third one, and then in the sixth one, it tries to tackle healthcare in America. And the the problem with Saw as it goes on, like we've got a, an interesting motivation here. Like Jeff himself yeah. isn't at any risk. He's not got to die. He has to forgive people. He has to not so much maim himself, but he, he has to uh, put himself at risk or he has to, for instance, with the, uh, with the, the, the judge, who gave the guy a lenient sentence. Yeah. He's in the vat of fat, you know, mm. with the pigs getting drunk yeah, yeah, to put yeah. onto him. <laughs> Jeff could leave him to die, but, or he can burn all of the memories of his kid and get the key to save him. So it's, you know, it's forgiveness. It's about being like, how comfortable are you with somebody actually dying? You know, yeah. you talk, there's scenes of him where he's drunk and he's got a gun and he's saying how he's going to kill the, the guy who killed him. But how comfortable are you and how willing are you to actually let somebody die for their actions in front of you? So he doesn't have to do anything. Which, it builds on the interesting f- themes that Saw had in the first two and it kind of gives it a little bit more of a, a context, a social context. Yeah. A kind of, And it, it, it does lean into that kind of justice and balance of justice. And, yeah. you know, if you've lost someone, like how you might feel terribly, you know... How you might feel really just like you're broken because the system's broken. Exactly. And then the later films, I use the sixth one as an example because the sixth one is filled with people who don't deserve to die. Like the guy wakes up, the first trap is he has to hold his breath in this machine. And yeah. the, the the person is a janitor who smokes. <laughs> like, how does he deserve to die? <laughs> and then you have to choose, the guy has to choose between a little old is lady. It, isn't it like, is it not related to like he's a giant, but basically he does terrible things around like no. medical patients or stuff like no. that? <laughs> it's just no. he's, he's the janitor he's of your company. Janitor. Oh, yeah, he yeah. smokes, so he doesn't take his life, you know, yeah, yeah, I... doesn't value his life. He and, smokes But that's cigarettes. part of the problem is it starts to go away from Jigsaw, who's a character who is looking for justice in a twisted way. Yeah. 
to becoming random characters who are now in control, just doing random shit, and it starts. Yeah. And then sometimes, and some of the sequels basically just reveal it as basically he's just a bit of a psychopath and he just wants to kill these people. It's like, yeah. well, then you've lost the you've whole lost interesting everything. part of what Saw yeah. is. <laughs> Whereas Saw Three tells this like genuinely interesting, and in, in Jeff's case, a really good story. That's yeah. why this has always stuck out for me. Um, I do remember. I do remember. Like Saw Three is is one that I do re- that whole part with uh, yeah. Jeff's story and stuff like that. It's the bit. The only bit that loses me a little bit is the bit with uh, Sony Smith's character. Yeah, Amanda. Boy, Amanda. Um, you know, because this is the first one where it has a little bit of that kind of jump around to different parts, Time flashbacks. Zones. Yeah, and then the next one obviously builds on that even more, and they start to get more convoluted as they oh, go. Oh yeah, they can. Um, really, like constantly having to jump around and almost reminding you of old scenes because it's like, yeah, we don't fuck it. We we've fucked this up. We've, yeah. we've made this too complicated now. Um, this is the first one that introduces a little bit of that, but it's that balance of like. So that's why I do think it's still like quite a bit below the first two, which the first one's I think the high, and then second one, and then this one. But then Jeff's is the part that yeah. kept me in- interested, whereas that's when I started to lose interest. The, yeah, I've well, lost all of them, but yeah. that one definitely lost. Like after four, like four really was like, okay, you're really just what are you really doing? stretching the shit. Out, yeah, <laughs> well, and that's it. Like the the Jeff story is great. I would, I just think that we. There is the side story about um, this nurse who has to keep uh, Jigsaw alive. And at the end, you find out that that's uh, Jeff's wife. They're estranged because of the death of, of the son. And then, you know, we get we get to this kind of like... It's a bit of a cliffhanger. Um, but uh, we, we get this bit where, you know, Jeff's gone through this and everybody has died because he can't... You can't have forgiveness. He tries, but yeah. he can't quite do it. Mm. And then um, Amanda's been shot. Jeff's wife's been shot. He, she's got the shotgun collar on, but Jeff doesn't know. And Jigsaw says, like, you have a choice. You can either kill me, just fucking gun me down now. Cool, mm. that's your choice. Uh, or you can forgive me for what I've put you through, for what's gone on, and call an ambulance, and your wife will be safe. So Jeff gets the saw and he kills Jigsaw, unable to forgive him. And then the shotgun collar goes off. Yeah, a man, yeah, yeah, kills his wife. She's dead. Amanda's dead. Jigsaw's dead. Yeah, Jeff's child is still out there. We, you know, we find that he says that there's one more game, and you've got to find. You know, the next game is to find your kid. And actually, I think if this would be the end of the Saw franchise, hmm. you'd have had this solid franchise which ends on a slight sour cliffhanger like this dude's yeah, yeah, done yeah. all this but he now he has to kill he has to find his daughter and he's killed the man who can help him if that had been it it would be the end it would be mm. the end of the franchise okay it's pretty cool and you think that's it because in the next film it's it follows a police officer yeah. and then an agent trying to find him and then towards the end of the film when agent Strom just who we followed for the film just randomly runs into a warehouse. He just opens a door and sees Jeff yeah. holding a gun and he just kills Jeff. <laughs> and it's so weird because it's so anticlimactic for Jeff's character. He goes through this thing and if you hadn't have watched Saw 3 like just before, you wouldn't know it's him. <laughs> it just looks like this agent goes in and just kills this random man. And it's, I don't know, I just... Yeah, it, no, I, yeah. I, I do remember that, yeah. I do remember just being like, what the... I, I, to be fair, most of Saw 4, I remember being like, 
like it wasn't that the, the the cop part wasn't too bad, but the 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 was talking about the actor who was the dirtier cop. Who were, I just thought you're a bit shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that is like after because yeah, again, you built up such an emotional kind of a like, good arc. resolution for that. He could have had such a good way to go with that if there was more, but it kind of and this was the this was a major problem with the Saw franchise. Yeah, they they were yearly. For one, so yeah. the turnaround was super fast. Yeah, basically the other one was already filming by the time the last one came out, so there was no reason to look back and go, "Wow, oh, well people didn't like that, did they?" Oh, well, fuck oh, it. well it's already done. Uh, we've already <laughs> done the next one, and we've already done that. But also, it didn't even have a consistent. So it wasn't like a consistent writer who was like, "I I know where I'm going." I'm going it wasn't. It was like the next one was like, "You know what would be fun." That's an interesting plot twist, but you know it'd be bad, dirty cops. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and then it's like it's like ah, oh, and then the producer comes in and goes, "Do you not think you should? Uh, I, I think you need to link back to the last one." Good idea. Scene. Right, he walks into a room. He shoots Jeff. Done. Yeah, right. He kills Jeff. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, what about his son? No one gives a fuck. No one gives, like, a, yeah, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. No. They care about my dirty cop who's about fuck to who's about to squish a guy in like a, in a chamber yeah. or whatever. Like, and then the him. dirty cop dies at the end of the film. <laughs> yeah. The next writer's like, who's who would be a good character? Dirty yeah. cop. Yeah. <laughs> Dirtier cop. <laughs> and then yeah. finally, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, dirty cop, dirty cop. Or maybe she, maybe that person's not dead. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, maybe the doctor from the original uh, had yeah. part of the maybe he and he's decided to turn his life and become Jigsaw. Ah, oh, maybe not. That don't work. Maybe um, uh, fuck it. We don't <laughs> no. know anymore. Maybe Chris Rock wants. To yeah, make one. I love it. That <laughs> Chris Rock wants to make Seven, a sequel to Seven, but they've decided that actually he like we'll give him the rights to Jigsaw. Okay, so basically what he's made is he's made a shitty Seven film. And a shitty Saw film because he can't decide if he wants to make the Saw or Seven. Yeah, I <laughs> so he makes a boring ass film. I instead. don't know. It's just I fucking like that franchise is going. What the it, fuck? I know. Jigsaw actually was one of the few ones I think I actually didn't mind too much. Yeah, Jigsaw was Jigsaw okay. felt better. Um, and then he got to the end, and I was. I mean, this is a spoiler, but it was the it was the same thing where in the last Saw, Saw the final chapter, Saw the end, whatever they called it, where... Oh, yeah, the one that's free... That, yeah. was, that was even... That was the worst. That was when, fucking terrible. Well, they've got a meet... They're having, like, a meeting for Saw survivors. Okay, that's quite cool. We see a couple of side characters of, like, oh, yeah, I recognise them, recognise them. And then Lawrence Gordon turns up and says the whole thing's bullshit. Well, I mean, he's going to be Saw's apprentice then. You haven't spoken about this guy for eight films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now he turns up like, you're all talking bullshit. You lied. Like, <laughs> I think it's him. And then, and then Jigsaw's like, what if he had another apprentice before yeah. everybody else? <laughs> it's kind of like, how many apprentices is this guy going to have? I did yeah. enjoy Jigsaw though. It was, it was kind of fun. J- Jigsaw, I remember, it was it, that was more of a return to fun, whereas I think they'd even got to the point where even the deaths had bought, like by that final chapter one, even the deaths and shit they put, and, and the look of it, it looks like a fucking TV movie. It yeah, was it's terrible. so true. It, it was so, it, it, I think it's because it was filmed for 3D, so, and sometimes they don't convert back to 2D no. very well. <laughs> so it just looked fucking terrible. I don't even know how the 3D came in, but in glorious, glorious eye popping 3D. 3D. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The, that's it. Jeff, rip Jeff. You deserve better. You deserve to be in the Saw Survivors group. Yes. Know? But instead. You deserved better. They wanted a dirty cop, <laughs> they wanted more dirty cops, and you just got a bullet. The, <laughs> you know what the shit thing is? I really enjoyed Saw 3 the first time I watched it. I watched Saw 4 
And I thought, why did that guy just shoot that random mad? And then <laughs> when I watched, when Saw 5 came out and I was like, you know what, I'm going to watch the ones before. And I watched 3 and 4 back to back. That's when I realised it was Jeff. <laughs> and I thought, what the fuck have you done? <laughs> oh, and now we've got another one. Now we've got Jigsaw somehow back. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I've, that's out this year, if I don't believe. But uh, I, I can't say I'm enthusiastic. I, I, I feel like it was drained to death. Like yeah. I don't know what angle they can take with it. That like I would have said the way that like the way that it was intended that Chris Rock went with the whole uh, spiral, trying to make it a bit more serious again and trying to make it. Sadly, it they did it in a hack-eyed way that just it didn't feel like a serious drama and it didn't feel like a fun film. I just remember it just both. And it's got Samuel Jackson in it who was in it. And it's, if you can make Samuel L. Jackson forgettable in a film, then you've really fucking failed in yeah. a film. Because he's, an, he's, just, he's just normally good for a laugh. If you've made him boring, like Samuel Jackson in a Saw film kind of sounds stupidly fun if I'm thinking of any other Samuel Jackson but instead they decided to be like they actually were like no Samuel you need to be serious this is yeah. a this is Chris Rock I, I'm an, I'm a comedic actor but I, I can be serious I want to be shown as a serious <laughs> actor so we're going to act serious about this and yeah <laughs> I just I just loved because I watched uh, I watched Spiral and I thought it was so weird <laughs> but then the the end <laughs> The end and just creased me up when Samuel Jackson was was tied up into like oh yeah like the was weird like puppet strings or something yeah. like that. It was like just dangling, he's just so dangling lazy. there for scenes like and he was just going help me motherfucker <laughs> yeah, exactly it's just <laughs> it's his Alzheimer's again <laughs> it just yeah it didn't yeah. It, it so didn't work and like yeah and so the idea of somehow bringing Jigsaw back or or they're gonna I don't know they haven't even, they haven't said what the hell they're doing. And I believe it, it's it, the the writers and people coming back to it aren't even. It's not like James Wan who did the original. Yeah. Like, it's not that. It, it's one of the ones from like the fifth one or something. <laughs> like, like, ah, that's what we're coming back. We've got an idea of how to bring Jigsaw back, which straight away just makes me go dirty cop. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be a dirty cop. It's gonna cop. be a dirty cop. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be like face swap. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like revealed. Like ah, Jigsaw actually just G- John Travolta is gonna walk into the room, and then a minute later, it's like he wasn't really John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> he had his brain. <laughs> <laughs> Jigsaw's alive. We'll, well see how that one goes. We'll see how. It, well, we'll do a review of it. We will. We will. <laughs> we'll put ourselves through it. It will be our own little saw trap. Well, um, there we go. Well, there we go. <laughs> the boys are back in town. Um, as always, if you've enjoyed the episode, then please hit the subscribe button and leave us a, a lovely review. Come and let us know what you thought on the characters that we didn't think deserved or we didn't want to die. And let us know your own characters. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok at CMTH Podcast. And we shall see you next week with our screen review. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.